far we've come Check out all the distance More but less than some Made a lot of pit stops Somewhere down the road But I do just what I gotta do And I go just where I got to go CIUT 89.5 FM, the sound of your city. Stream us anytime at www.ciut.fm. Hello and welcome to another edition of The More the Merrier with Donna G. 
Joining me are some regulars. I have Heidi M., who is an arts and culture writer, and you can find her at highmusings.ca. And also cinephile Gordon G. Today we're discussing movies that uh, some of us some of us have seen, some haven't. But it's a discussion that I thought uh, people might enjoy. So we're going to have some fun today. So Heidi, welcome back to the More the Merrier. Hi Donna, thanks for for hosting again. And Gord, welcome back to the More the Merrier. Thank you, Miss D. I'm looking forward to this. Okay, so let's jump right in. Heidi, I'm going to start with you. Um, the film is called The Settlers. Can you tell us what that's about, please? Sure. Um, so The Settlers is a film out of Chile by director Felipe Galvez Berle, and um, it was shown at TIFF last September, and I missed it. But um, the film is about, it's sort of set at the turn of the 20th century, where we see three horsemen um, start an expedition across a region in Chile called Tierra del Fuego at the request of a wealthy landowner. And, and their task is that they need to secure, excuse me, the state appointed property for this landowner's, um, you know, um, not cattle, but I think a sheep. Um, so there's three men. One of them is a, a British lieutenant. The other one is an American mercenary. And the third is a young man who's mestizo named Segundo. And um, a lot of the film sort of comes through the point of view of this young man, Segundo, uh, who's kind of realizes that there's more that's going on here. And it's not an expedition. It really is a mission to sort of get rid of the indigenous population in the area. Um, so it's not a happy film. I would just say that there is violence in the film for anybody who's concerned about that kind of content, but it is told in a way that is appropriate because that is sort of what would have happened at the time. And that's sort of what the director has has mentioned in his interviews that he's like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it because that's how they were doing those expeditions and those missions of, you know, um, committing genocide essentially. But from a cinematic standpoint, it's really well done. There's great cinematography and frankly, the cast is really good. Thank you for bringing us uh, that film to our attention. The Settlers and Los Colonos kind of gives it away as well in, yeah. in the title. So thank you for recommending that. And sure. over to you now, Gord, with a film called All of Us Strangers. Yeah, um, I saw this film back in December, and I still think about it almost every day. I, I love this film so much. Um, it just got into my my soul. And um, it's a it's a sort of a gay ghost story, which sounds kind of dumb, but hear me out. Uh, it's directed Why by... Why does Andy. it sound dumb? <laughs> if you just say gay ghost story, you, you, you automatically think of camp. Oh, <laughs> I, I see. I get it. This... This isn't, it's anything but. Um, it's, it was directed by Andrew Hay, who did um, another gay film a few years ago called Weekend, about two men that meet for a weekend. They have a tryst. And they also did another film. I know you're not a fan of it, but people loved it. It was called 45 Years, about mm -hmm. a couple who've been married for 45 years and sort of the the ins and outs of their relationship. And um, so he he's a very personal, very... Um, um, intricate director 
And this film is about um, a screenwriter named Adam, and he's played by Andrew Scott. And if you ever watched the show Fleabag, he was the hot priest. And um, <laughs> he lives a solitary life in a big uh, luxury uh, apartment building in London. And on a chance encounter, he meets Harry, who's played by Paul Mescal, and they start a relationship. About the same time, Adam finds a picture of his uh, childhood home. And he just goes there because he has a bit of writer's block. He's supposed to be writing something. And he goes to his home and his parents appear to him. They still they still appear to be alive, even though they died for 20, 20 years later. But um, through his visits to his parents, his relationship with Harry, um, it's a film about opening up, allowing somebody into your life. Um, going back to your past and forgiving and, um, you know, not everything was perfect, but trying to find forgiveness in it. And you, by forgiving, you can let go of the past. And this, this film is just so beautiful in that way. Um, the script is amazing. It's very smart. The cinematography, there's wonderful scenes of London in the rain, London at night, um, just the intimacy of the apartment. Um, it's beautiful, and it has one of the best soundtracks I've um, heard in a film for a long time. I will never listen to Frankie Goes to Hollywood's The Power of Love without choking up. Um, yeah. The way that song is used in this film is brilliant. Um, really, I highly recommend you go out to the theaters and see this film. It's absolutely gorgeous. And uh, 45 years, um, it's not that I appreciated the film. And um, I just didn't connect with certain aspects, but it also is uh, worthy of viewing um, mm -hmm. because I think because of some of the things that you said, uh, Gord, um, stories of the past and how they um, impact the present. Hello. Hi. Saw you looking at me from the street. I'm assuming you're not with anyone. Never see you with anyone. This is mom and dad. Yeah. They died just before I was 12. I'm trying to write about them at the moment. How's it going? Strangely. Hi. Hi. This is real. Does it feel real? Our boy's back home. Our son. Look at you. You were just a boy. And now you're not. It was a long time ago. Yeah, I don't think that matters. Maybe I didn't treat you quite as good as I should. I've always felt like a stranger in my own family. Scared of something. Always running away. Do you remember? Sorry, I never came in your room when you were crying. It's funny, it doesn't take much to make you feel the way you felt back there again. I'd like to be in love with him. 
Um, Heidi, back over to you with American fiction. Oh, yes. Um, so I was catching, trying to catch up with all these sort of award-winning films and films that I missed at TIFF. Um, so American fiction was at the top of the list, of course. It is uh, directed by Cord Jefferson and it um, stars Jeffrey Wright, Sterling K. Brown, Issa Rae, among other great actors. And I don't know, I, uh, has anyone else seen it? Remind me. I no, haven't, I haven't seen it. But I mean, it has Jeffrey Wright. So oh, I oh, noticed it. I, I noticed it at TIFF, but, you know, couldn't fit it in. Exactly. That's what happens. We wanted to see all the films. We can't make it, as the three of us always know. And right. Mm -hmm. So it really kind of centers around the Jeffrey Wright's character named Monk. Uh, actually, his nickname is Monk, but his first name is Thelonious. So for anybody who loves jazz, of course, Thelonious Monk is is a reference there. Um, and he's sort of a frustrated writer, novelist who kind of is fed up, right? With mm -hmm. how how the business sort of profits from black entertainment, in quotes, air quotes, and kind of how the publishing business kind of wants offensive tropes or kind of stereotypes and that's what sells. So he it kind of sets him on this path of, you know, oh, let me try to write this particular book and see how it goes as a joke and, and kind of all of the things that come after that. It's it's real, the, the script is amazing. I think it really is a great script. Jeffrey Wright and Sterling K. Brown are brothers in this film and they they the way they interact with each other is really great. Um, but I also wanna shout out the, the score uh, because it also complements the film really well. It is uh, original music. I can't remember the composer's name right now. I apologize. Uh, Laura Karpman. Yes, thank you. Um, she did an excellent job of incorporating some of the Thelonious Monk's uh, influences in into the score. The thought of, you know, Jeffrey Wright and Sterling K. Brown um, sharing the same scenes mm -hmm. uh, sound really powerful. So that is um, American fiction. How did you come to write this book? What really struck me was that too few books were about my people. Where are our stories? Where's our representation? Would you give us the pleasure of reading an excerpt? Yo, Sharonda! Girl, you be pregnant again? If I is, Ray Ray is gonna be a real father this time around. Monk, your books are good, but they're not popular. Editors, they want a black book. They have a black book. I'm black, and it's my book. You know what I mean. Look at what they publish. What they expect us to write. Wanna rub their nose, isn't it? <laughs> I be standing outside in the night. Deadbeat dads, rappers, crack. You said you wanted black stuff. That's black, right? I see what you're doing. You sold this book. No. We believe Mr. Lee has written a bestseller. It's a joke. The most lucrative joke you've ever told. Stag a pseudonym? Yeah, Mr. Lee can't use his real name. Is this based on your actual life? Yeah, you think some bitch-ass college boy can come up with that shit? No, no. No, I don't. Can I ask what you were in for? Was it murder? And you said that, not me. 
Day ran 300,000 copies. Your books changed people's lives. They're offering $4 million for movie rights. Yes! The dumber I behave, the richer I get. Stag Arlie is still on the run for authorities. You haven't done anything. It's not like they can arrest you. Go back to not selling books. Is it bad? There's already so much buzz because of the movie deal. Michael B. Jordan is circling. We want to put him on the cover in one of those um, uh, scarves, I guess you would call them, tied around his head. A do-rag? Do-rag, that's it. Do-rag in a tank top with the muscles showing. <laughs> Something called the fire department. <laughs> Ping-ponging back to you now, Gord. Can you tell us about Of an Age? Yeah, it was this small little film from Australia. I was wanted to see it in the theater. It was, came out in 2022, never did. It's now on Amazon Prime. You can get it on Hoopla or even go to the Cineplex site and you can rent it from them. But it's a it's a, a small film. It's about a, it takes place in 1999. It's a young man named Cole. He's an 18-year-old amateur ballroom dancer. And <laughs> he has to, he has to, there's a competition coming. He has to pick up his best friend, uh, who's also his dance partner, Ebony, uh, who is about two hours away out of town. She had a, a rough evening of drinking and drugs, and she's on a beach somewhere by a phone booth. That's all he knows. <laughs> and he he couldn't have persuades her older brother, Adam, to drive him to pick her up. And on the way there, you sort of see the two men talking. Because it's Australia at the time, there's there's flirting going on, uh, but nothing. Nobody says anything because you don't want to admit that you're gay. And uh, finally, Adam does come out, uh, tells him he's gay. Uh, Cole is a little still says he he isn't, but you know you see an attraction. And they pick up Ebony. They go back, and then you, they stay together through the evening. And you sort of see a relationship almost the potential of a relationship starting there's the lust there there's the the wanting to know about everybody and the thing is adam is leaving australia the next day that's why they're at a party and um he's going away for work so this is a film about um memories about your first love or lust opening yourself up again um trying discovering who you are and what you could be because also the film doesn't end when at the in the morning it actually flash forwards 10 15 years later at Ebony's wedding and both Adam and uh, Cole are there they both have this anxiousness about them they want to meet each other again they want to see if the passion is still there and again it's a film about what ifs and um I I just want to jump in I just want to jump in Gord are you giving too much away by no, referencing no. the wedding? No. Okay. All no, right. Because you need it. It's it's in the it's in the tra- it's in the description. Okay. All right. That's good to know. So for anybody listening, he's not giving too much away. I remember growing up, it's convinced I travel the world, just meet these mind blowing people, connect. Jesus, you look eleven. Nineteen. You know, like three weeks. Are you jaded yet? Are you jaded. Shut up. Sister, is that it? Yeah. No. We're more like really good friends. Yeah. Well, he's tight. Nights out with boys. I was not with boys. I was with Cole. Cole is not boys. I know she can be like a mess, but I don't have any other friends. The dramatic Dana to your dance costume. Sporting some serious cleavage. My ex is stuck. Your ex is going to kill me. Oh, chill. He won't. 
Oh, am I going away, didn't I? When are you flying? Tomorrow. South America. Come on. So next on the list, and I'm going to turn this uh, one over to um, to Heidi and Gord to discuss Anatomy of a Fall, a film that I've been chasing, wanting to see, but oh. still haven't. Mm-hmm. And um, Heidi, can you start? And you know, you and Gord have a conversation about this one. <laughs> we'll try, right, Gord? <laughs> okay, we'll go for it. Okay, so so Anatomy of a Fall is by director Justine Triad and stars um, well-known German actor Sandra Euler, and is sort of would you say it's a procedural in a way, Gord? Maybe in that. That's how I looked at it as a procedural and right? just sort of breaking down um, the steps of what may or may not have happened. So yeah, I would say it is. Yes. So there is, um, again, it's it's called anatomy of a fall. So it's, exact, it's exactly it. Something, there is some, someone falls. There is, um, there is a court case because of the, of, of the fall and the deaths. I'm not giving anything away by saying that because that's the whole premise. And then we go through that process of, figuring out if um, the wife who is played by Sandra is at fault of what happened to her husband. And it's just so excellently done. The script is just on point. And um, I also like the, the 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 cast in the film. There, there's a son and I think his name is Milo Machado Grainer, um, who also is, who was, up to par with Sandra Hewler's in terms of the acting and, and dynamic. Um, and I don't know what else to say, Gord. I kind of just want to tell people to see it because it's as a film, the way that it's done is so well done to keep in terms of keeping you engaged, Definitely. but the production side of thing com- things complements it so well at the same time. Yeah. I thought the, um, what I loved about the film was the cinematography I, I just felt cold throughout the whole film. I mean, the, right? the film takes place in winter, but uh, <laughs> just the way where that, and again, not giving anything away, the house is isolated and all you yeah. see is snow everywhere and the trees. And that kind of gives more to the mystery, I think. And mm-hmm. I just thought it was really well written. Um, mm-hmm. I like, you know, it's ambiguous. You're never sure what's going on or who's telling the truth, who's not. Um, I, I just thought it was smart and it didn't, it, it create, it gave its audience credit to be able to follow it without having to spell everything out, which I find sometimes with, you know, kind of mystery thrillers, you know, which this is a bit of not, not, it's not only a mystery thriller, but, um, sometimes they feel like they have to explain everything And this one, um, it makes you, you have to think too. So that's another reason I loved it. And the performances are amazing. Um, the actors that play the lawyers are great. Um, mm-hmm. The the lead actress and her son and his um, hair worker, I think, is very well done. So I really, really enjoyed this film a lot. Yes, it's a, it's just wrapped up and it's in such a great manner. It's totally recommended. Exactly. I, I can't recommend it enough. I thought it was really well done. It has a, a a long running time. Did you feel the length of the film at all? No, I, I didn't. No, and I'm someone who these days is very much about like, how long do I invest? But this one for sure, invest the time. Okay, 
and uh, it's won uh, several awards. Um, people can look can look that up. But the name of the film is Anatomy of a Fall. And um, let's get into a film um, that I fell in love with, and it's called The Holdovers. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell, let me tell you why I'm in love with this film. First of all, um, it reminded, it's set on a campus. It stars Paul Giamatti as a professor. And um, the campus reminded me of the university that I went to um, back in the day. But this is a boys school. And it's set in, I believe, the early 70s. Uh, and it, I didn't go to university in the seventies, but it just the campus reminded me of um, of where I spent my my youth in terms of seeing snow in winter uh, constantly because I went to school in the snow belt. So the setting appealed to me. The cinematography um, appealed to me. And uh, Paul Giamatti uh, can you can never go wrong with with Paul Giamatti and. It's about this professor um, who's got feet of clay. Um, He's also got, uh, you know, he's also got a drinking problem. And it's how he relates to to the students and to the the cook at the school that is so interesting. Um, Her name is um, Divine Joy Randolph. And she is extraordinary in this film. And it's just, the performances are not predictable. And you feel like, in in the sense that you think these are stock characters, no. You see them as individual people. The cook is also a mother. Um, The young student that all this trio um, are involved with, he has... um, some mystery to him as well and Paul Giamatti you just want to say hold your tongue but he's not capable of (laughs) of doing that and so this film really appealed to me it's directed by Alexander Payne written by David Hemmingson and um, you know I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this name correctly but Igil Brilled E-I-G-I-L B-R-Y-L-D um, incredible job incredible teamwork on this film actually which is why I love uh, The Holdovers and uh, Gord how did you feel seeing this film? I really liked it as well I, I think the I liked it from the moment it started because it had that feel even the opening credits had that feel of movies from the 70s which um mm-hmm. You know, there was sort of the the washed out cinematography, the font on the the credits. Uh, mm-hmm. There, you know, a minute I saw that, I loved it. The other thing I really liked again, um, the film was smart. Um, it didn't dumb anything down. Um, I know, I know that I keep harping on things like that, but I I really appreciated the screenplay, uh, how it would say, you know, they would talk about um Latin and you know things like that and it wasn't you didn't feel stupid if you didn't know about it Mm -hmm. Uh, but you know 
you kind of had again you had to work a little bit and i i really appreciate this film and the uh divine joyce randolph is absolutely amazing her performance um i there's a particular scene that i'm thinking of i won't say it but her performance just mm-hmm. amazing so i i really highly recommend it as well heidi yeah, I'm I'm nodding here. You can't see me, but I'm nodding at everything you both said and echoing everything you have said. And uh, again, it's also one of my faves from last um, year. And, and I agree with Divine's performance. She she off when the, I think I know the scene that you're talking about, Gord, and she just steals it. Yep. Um, it was such a treat to see the actors work with this screenplay too, right? Because it's, you can tell that it's a rich script when there when there's that chemistry on screen and it's really complemented by everything else that you mentioned, like from the cinematography, the score. And um, I actually really, I would also recommend it as well. And like Gord said, you don't have to be book smart or anything like that to understand some of the references. But if you are kind of a literary nerd, you will also appreciate it from that side. Mm-hmm. Um you know what I mean? And uh, I just kind of want to read a quote that I found about it. It's I think it's from the Austin Chronicle that says the film is a warm blanket on a sad day. Yes. Um, Perfect. <laughs> and Perfect. I, said, I couldn't have said it any better, right? I know. So- it's perfect. And yeah. I also want to add that it takes place uh, with the backdrop of the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. And I love the references um, to the war and the time period. Um, but it's it's not, a, oh, this is a Vietnam War film. No, this mm-hmm. is this is life with the backdrop of the Vietnam War mm-hmm. as part of the story. And um, so you've got these three uh, lonely people at Christmas um, interacting with each other. And I just felt that these are people that I could pass on the street. I didn't feel like they were characters. I couldn't see, I know we mentioned this, a scene stealing uh, Mm -hmm. moment, excuse me, but uh, this is not a movie where you can see the acting. It's like this, the scene stealing happens because you're feeling for that character. You're putting yourself in the place of that character and Mm -hmm. in that uh, environment. And that's um, why it's so significant. But even the quiet moments, you know, are extraordinary. So um, it's unfortunate that they didn't think the film would do so well that, um, you know, they didn't uh, that they put it on streaming so quickly. But you know what? Screaming streaming also gives accessibility. So um, I can't fault them for that. But if you can, please, please go and see it um, in a in a theater and feel that warm blanket. There'll be just one boy holding over this Christmas. Please, at least pretend to be a human being. Mr. Hunnam isn't easy to like. Do you think I want to be babysitting you? I could have been spending the rest of my vacation reading mystery novels. But the New York Times, Vanity Fair, Entertainment Weekly, and top critics everywhere are falling in love with the holdovers. Stop that attention! I thought all the Nazis were hiding in Argentina. Stifle it, Tully. Director Alexander Payne reunites with Paul Giamatti for the first time since Sideways. And the result is pure movie magic. Hey there, handsome. Want a date? We're finally getting to the good stuff. The Holdovers is one of the finest of Payne's career. 
jokes. It's raucously funny and irresistibly entertaining. It's a perfect 10. We're going to move on to some campy moments in the few uh, minutes that we have. And um, Gord, I'm going to let you introduce this film because you're the one that introduced me to it. Um, we've all seen it. The Shadow of the Cat. <laughs> yes. I, I love this film. I've actually seen it three times in the last four months. Um, this movie just, just, it's wonderful. It's a Hammer film from 1962. And it's, oh, sorry, 1961. And basically in a nutshell, a cat sees her mistress murdered by two servants and her husband and becomes ferociously bent on revenge. And that's the movie. And it is so much fun. Um, Habits of the Cat is... Sorry, Gord, I'm, I'm laughing just thinking of it. <laughs> Me too. Tabitha the Cat. Um, I, I, what I love about this film so much, A, it's in black and white, so it has that kind of eerie gothic feeling. But what I really love is, is the perspective of the camera because you're seeing the perspective mm. through the cat's eyes just as she's about to, to off somebody. And it's hilarious <laughs> when you see how scared these people are and the cat's just sitting there. Um, yes, it's a, it's a horror film. It's a, it's a cheaply made or a low-budget horror film. So it's always not the same cat in the scenes, which is actually kind of fun <laughs> as well. But, oh my God, it... It is priceless when you see the cat being nice to one person and then eat then just change and become <laughs> snarling and evil to the next. And when the body count just keeps going and <laughs> it just like re really, I, I mean, I, I always have this thing about whenever I see a cat in a murder mystery, I jokingly go, the cat's the killer. Yeah. And in this time, the cat was the killer. <laughs> And or is I she or, or is she or is this just <laughs> paranoia on the, you know, the murderer's guilt? Uh, That's true. And, yeah. Um, I just want to tell people they can get it right now. It's on the Criterion channel. It's part of their cat series. And there's some wonderful, cheesy, fun mm -hmm. horror films on that as well, uh, particularly a Japanese one called The Cat. But it's also, I believe, on Hoopla as well. I think that's where I saw it the first time, either Hoopla or Canopy. So it is available, uh, easily available to screen on um, TV. Okay. And Heidi, um, <laughs> we brought this film to you. Yes. So <laughs> share your reaction. Thank you, God, for the first time. <laughs> or should I say cut parents? I don't know. Cat <laughs> parents. Oh my God. Well, Gord, you know me well anyway, in, in terms that I, I also love campy films. And of course, anything horror, I'm there. And uh, I had not seen this one, but I think I was howling <laughs> part of the time that I was watching this with you because it's like, it's just preposterous in terms of like the angles of the camera and like the way that people are overreacting at, at the cat. But that's also what makes this movie so much fun to watch. You know what I mean? And this is the type of movie that I know I can go back to screening. Like Gord said, I mean, he's seen it like so many times in the last few months. I would probably just do like an, a ritual of an annual viewing. Yeah. Like, I other, like I do with other films, you know what I mean? Um, and yeah, and even if, you, whether you notice it's the same cat or not the same cat, it's okay. You're still getting the the entertainment value and and you're just gonna going along for the ride here with Tabitha. Tabitha to me has done nothing wrong. <laughs> 
<laughs> I had to put myself on mute because I was just laughing throughout, uh, reliving the moments uh, exactly. with, you know, uh, the shadow of the cat. One cat, nine lives, nine lives. Walter, Clara, Andrew, Beth, Michael, Jacob, Edgar, Louise, Nine lives. <laughs> Nine lives in the shadow of the cat. In this house of violence and death. It's like living with some horrible evil spirit. Frightened or something. Not just the cat. It goes beyond that. Murder lurks in the shadows to claim another victim. Strange power changed this harmless household pet into an instrument of death. It looks as if she lost her balance, fell over backwards, and broke her neck. But we heard her screaming, the cat. You're trying to tell me the cat pushed her downstairs? I'm saying the cat was responsible for making her fall. Okay, now let's talk. Uh, move over to another film. Um, another. This is a, a, another genre film. Uh, Godzilla minus one. Um, <laughs> and uh, Gordon, I believe you saw it uh, early on. Yeah, I saw it the first weekend in Oakville. I traveled all the way to Oakville to see it on an IMAX screen. So I I love this film. I, I'm, I thought... I'm, can I just say I'm jealous that you saw it on IMAX because Same. this Same. this movie deserves to be on the biggest screen possible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, 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 it was wonderful uh, seeing it on the big screen. Um, I loved it. When I went to see it, the crowd was, um, you know, there's the the genre people that were there, but there were people that brought their kids, um, mm -hmm. you know, that they probably watched all the, you know, the Godzilla movies, the old ones, and maybe even some of the new ones. But it was just a really great crowd to be with. And people applauded. They laughed. Um it was such a great time with that film. I, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed seeing the film from the Japanese perspective. Um, it is uh, in Japanese with English subtitles. I love the references uh, to uh, Japan um, and the recently ended war and how it impacted them, how the politics of the war impacted the people on the ground and um, and what was left for them to survive. This is a survival film and people have to, the, the, the citizens on the ground are who you see. And Godzilla is you know made from the the radiation of of the of the war so i enjoyed that perspective of the film heidi yeah i'm a, i'm nodding again because i'm agreeing with both of you in, in terms of the of why well one what Gord was saying about the audiences because I, I didn't get to go to, to an imax theater so i'm sad about that but there were the there was diversity in the audience that way in terms of like true fans or you know um 
who've seen all the films and then like families. And I just want to add something that at the end of the film, I was outside of the theater and there were these kids talking to their parents saying like, that was the, that was the most amazing film. I loved it so much. And I'm like, my heart was just like, yes, another baby Godzilla fan. And can I you just say I that? that I was so impressed by the creature design. Oh, yeah. Godzilla is a behemoth in this <laughs> film. And, uh, you know, you the CGI was so well done and the modeling was so well done. And when Godzilla moves and you just get the impact of, you know, the people are like ants and you've got Godzilla moving through it. And also when Godzilla is in the water, there is a flow uh, to her that is absolutely gorgeous. And I just wanted to I wanted to shout and say, who's the team behind this? Who's the team behind Godzilla? It's like, I want to know <laughs> how you did this, how you pulled this off, because it's extraordinary work. Oh, yes, absolutely. And I yeah, I, yeah, I, I really hope it gets another life um, in I don't know about the what the theaters are up to these days, but if some in some way, please bring this back, maybe in the summer um, at an IMAX screen, have a second screening, have a special so people can really have a chance to enjoy the scope of Godzilla minus one. Um, well, we've come to the end of our time, and I just want to thank you, Heidi, and thank you, Gord, for having this discussion, uh, for sharing uh, the films that you've enjoyed this year, the films that you missed, and um, it's been a pleasure uh, talking to you, and we'll have to do this uh, again. Uh, we'll have to do this more often. <laughs> yeah, of course. Thank you. Always fun. Okay. Yes. Thank Thank you so much. I was five and he was six. We run on horses made of sticks. He wore black and I wore white. He would always win the fight. Bang, bang. He shot me down. Bang, bang. I hit the ground. Bang, bang. That awful sound. Bang, bang. My baby shot me down. 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 Seasons came and changed the time. When I grew up, I called him mine. He would always laugh and say, remember when we used to play? Bang, bang, I shot you down. Bang, bang, you hit the ground. Bang, bang, that awful sound. Bang, bang, I used to shoot you down.
Vicky Bang By the people, for the people. CIUT 89.5 FM is the sound of your city. Hello there. Oh, hi. How you doing? Oh, pretty good. I saw you sitting over there. I've been here for a while. You come in here often? Yeah. I, you can usually find me up in here after I've had a hard day's work. A hard day's work? Uh, what kind of business are you in? Well, uh, you might say I'm in uh, social services. Social services. That's right. Oh, I wondered uh, if maybe I could uh, buy you a drink. Certainly. Um, wait a minute. Sam, let me get his attention. Uh, uh, Sam, over here, would you... Uh, Sam, yeah. Come bring here. me some champagne. Yeah, anything the lady wants, Sam. Uh, you know what to say. Uh, social services. Well, listen, I... Uh, Tonight is uh, is a special night for me. I'm I'm celebrating. What are you celebrating? My ninth wedding anniversary. Oh wait a minute, Sam, make that a magnum, honey. But uh, my wife and but. I have been separated for a year, and uh. Uh, she uh, has control of our uh, of our money, of course, and uh, I get a certain allowance, and I've I've got a, uh, an extra twenty five here. I thought maybe you and I might take a little advantage of that. Uh. You and I? In what way? How do you mean advantage? Well, you know, it's as long as you're in, in the social service business, I thought maybe we might be able to work up a little social service here. Yeah, uh, but, but I didn't say welfare. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> see, but, but uh, I, I, I have, uh, my problem is is that I... I, I only have $25. Well, yeah, listen, I, darling, I'm, I'm going to have to... Uh, wait, wait a minute here. Uh, go on home. Excuse me, uh, Ethel, would you, would you get my coat, please? We got to get out of here. Ethel, uh, is she a friend of yours, or, uh... No, no, bring the whole coat, Ethel. Don't zip none off. Excuse me? Uh, I was wondering, uh, could, could we just maybe talk for 25? You, uh, me, and Ethel. Well, wait a minute. Let, let's see if we can hit this hawk a little bit. 
was kind of chilly out here. Well, it uh, it sure is. Uh, uh, would you live far from here? Uh, no, not too far. Not too far. It depends on what you're used to. You know, this used to be a really nice neighborhood. Uh, you didn't uh, you didn't answer my question before. Uh, what was the question? I was just wondering if we might be able to like maybe have a drink at your place and talk for twenty five. Ah, uh, no, sweetheart. That, you know, I, I realize that you're probably a nice guy and everything, and, and get all good intentions, but. Uh, Tired, you know, and like $25 just don't need nothing that I would need. Well, I'm know? tired too. I, I just uh, thought that maybe you're tired, I'm tired. We and your $25 is tireder than both of us. <laughs> well, uh, anyway, uh, could we at least uh, like sit oh, down oh, wait for a, a minute? minute the, uh, this is my cross street here. Um, look, why don't you give me a call? I'm in the book. You're in the book? I didn't. Wait a minute. I, wait, I didn't get you. Hey, street walking woman, got a heart of stone. Use your money for your bus fare and leave me alone. Because I gotta go home. I gotta go home. I, I gotta go home.
Thank you so much for tuning in to The More the Merrier. This is Donna G. I hope you enjoyed the show today, our discussion of movies with my guests and pals, Heidi M of highmusings.ca and Gordon G. You can find his film uh, synopsis and commentary on Gordon Jingris. That's his Instagram handle. As for me, you can find me at TMTM with Donna G, just the letter G, on Instagram, Facebook, and Blue Sky. Music on today's show, well, we were bookended by Melanie Durant with Eddie and Bang Bang. And after that, you heard Marlena Shaw, Street Walking Woman, and we're going to finish up now with Audrey Zina Mandiela and Dark Diaspora. See you next week. Bye-bye. By a hundred militant scant Rub-a-dub rumbling revelers In red hot civilian fatigue Chanting arms In the dark diaspora Welcome broke bookmakers As they close shop Tune into the midnight parade Here Blues, no commerce, news of flat foot marketeers jingling pound weights, sensing legal trade in the dark diaspora. Listen to lyrical lectures, hurry come bring linguistic reflections, reality chucks in style in tight roped poster panache in the dark diaspora. Finger the freeform cultural remnants etched on immaculate sheets of black While plain painted stages stand accused Piping solo versions Memories bubbling resistance In the dark diaspora
Diaspora. Wow. 